Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brown and Lovely Podcast. My name is Sibby. I'll be your host. Uh, here with me today, I've got my co-host and my brilliant better half, Sharon Phillip. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining. Uh, we've also got a very special guest in the building. Um, she is she's a lot of things: an engineer, a developer, a designer, a photographer. I'm probably missing a few things. <laughs> that, that covers it. <laughs> <That's about> it. <laughs> the multi-talented, multi-skilled. Arthi Ganesh, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you wear a lot of hats. What's your favorite? What speaks to you the most? Oh, that's a tough one because <laughs> I like doing them all. Yeah. Just designing and photography and being creative. I love working with colors, getting to know people. Photography was the best mesh. That that's definitely been my favorite. Like chronologically, how how did you get to photography? Did you always want to do that from the get-go? Were there certain things that kind of came together? Initially, it was a way for me to just capture these snapshots of people doing their thing and then people being happy. And I feel like in high school, I had a lot of social anxiety, like just anxiety talking to people in general. So it was a good way for me to break that barrier. Another reason why I got into photography was because my friends in just an elementary high school or even university growing up, None of them were South Asian or like mm. less than 0.1% of them were. Right. And outside of school, I had a huge South Asian community. Yeah. And I felt like I had this like split personality, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. one face, one place, another yeah. face, another place. Oh my God, yeah. And when I was younger, I would just switch these faces all the time and it would be completely normal because they never had to merge together. Just recently, I think, I've really had to figure out how these things fit together. I've been thinking a lot about this yeah. recently. And like I've, I've talked to my parents about how growing up, you know, it, it was like the, the entrance of the home mm -hmm. was like that physical switch for me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The moment I walk out, I'm mm -hmm. a different person. Mm -hmm. The yeah. moment I walk in, I put on a different face and, and I struggle with that. I still struggle with it. How are you like molding the two together? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause honestly, I initially struggled with it a lot because the two communities I was surrounded by were very, very different. I would be going back and forth, like trying to con not convince my friends, but show my friends, look at all these cool Indian things, look right. at our culture. Look at and then I would go back to my family. I'm like, look at all this food. It looks amazing. It's from different <laughs> cultures. Please try ramen. It's right. delicious. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please understand me. And I think, honestly, photography was a little bit of escape of that. And yeah. it was one way where I could... Um, find the commonalities, you know? If you go to a wedding, any wedding around the world, they have music, they have dance, people are smiling, laughing, community. Those are the things that I wanted to capture and sort of bring out. Right. Because that was an easier way for me to convince people that everyone is kind of the same. 100%. In the end, everyone has their own struggles, but everyone smiles, everyone laughs, cries. They do all those things. Yeah. And I could show that by yeah. taking pictures of them and being like, hey, these people are smiling too. And so are you. We're the same. That's what I strive to bring out. Like, that's the reason why I take more pictures. That's the reason. That's what I want to showcase. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Is there an interplay between like engineering, you know, design, photography, all of that? Because I'm sure there's a creative element to all of it. I'm a huge believer in transferable skills. For example, when you're in school, you're in school to learn certain things, 
But ultimately, you're there to learn how to learn. What are the strategies and tools you can use? How to network with people? How to communicate and interact with people? Those are your biggest takeaways from school. And that applies everywhere. For photography, there's a lot of technical aspects to it that transfer between engineering and photography. I think creativity just involves looking at things from different perspectives. So that's another transferable skill that goes across all of them. In engineering, you have to look at things from different perspectives to design yeah. different perspectives. And uh, yeah, photography, especially my favorite technical element is art theory. I love it. I love color theory, right. what colors go together, what colors don't, and just a golden ratio. Yep. Rule of thirds. Yeah, Where does a yeah. face go in a portrait? Oh, right. I'm so nerdy about that. I love it so much. <laughs> I know a lot of folks who, who, who say, hey, making it into something that, you know, feeds me and turning it into like a money-making thing, um, like destroys that initial kind of passion that they had for the art. Right. How has your passion for photography either grown or, or not grown, you know, as you've turned it into an entrepreneurial venture? It always has its ups and downs as with any creative process there's always like the highs where you can create you can make and you see the best out of everything that you make and then there's always the lows where you can't you can't turn anything out once I started it as an entrepreneurial journey uh, there was obviously like some hiccups because I didn't realize I had to deal with people and customers (laughs) (laughs) that was that was one thing that I wasn't expecting would be as hard as it was I was just like, okay, I'm just going to like take this gig. They're going to give me money. I'm going to take some yes. pictures for them. You think it would be as black and white as that? Yeah, exactly. Sure. I'm just like, this is this linear process, but it was so different. Can you tell me like what was different about it? Like having conversations with your customers, clients um, beforehand and just getting to know them, I think is one of the biggest things I've learned because sometimes your creative process doesn't work for someone. And it's really important to set that up beforehand before you have to actually do the gig. So yeah, I had this one wedding and when I went there, no one spoke English. That was that was never something that occurred. That yeah. Stuff, yeah, no right. one spoke English. Uh, no one spoke English to me, <laughs> so I had no idea what was going on. At one point, people were fighting, and I was taking pictures of it because they, they were oh, like no. having a conversation, but it was a fight, and I was like all I'm over the place picture like, I'm covering this yeah. it seems intense it seems yeah, yeah, important yeah. and right. then later on the videographer was I was like what's going on and she's like yeah they were like debating the dowry or something some, like crazy. oh my god they were having a crazy fight and I was just I had no idea and I had no idea who the parents were who yeah. the family so just sitting down with your clients beforehand right. and beforehand. like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. set the tone for what's going to be expected yeah exactly gotcha. Le- learning more about them and yeah. how you guys are going to work together I think right. is really important was that really hard for you to go out to people and say you know these are my fees and here's what I'm standing by and then people pushing back and saying no we kind of want to have you you know come and do this for whatever amount was it hard to set that it was so hard especially with my personality I'm pretty <laughs> I'm real pushover I'm like I'm like you guys are great you guys are cute like we could do this for five (laughs) dollars no problem that was my mentality in the beginning and honestly I didn't understand why the photography industry was so expensive when I started I didn't understand it at all so I was like why is it so expensive I can charge like a hundred bucks an hour it'll be fine but yeah as I started working more and realizing okay hey here are the hours I'm putting into it right this is how much the equipment costs like at the end of the day you have to know how much your product is worth i would make the worst customer for anything <laughs> it's tough to negotiate with somebody 
who's you know who's who's reducing everything down to dollars and cents yeah. right what race makes the best customers <laughs> i don't you know i feel like white people aren't like that they like, really they, aren't no they're, they're just like yeah. dude we love you what's your price Here, yeah. Boom. yeah and then there's people like us yo but like what about like a thousand dollars less uh, honestly white people do make the best customers and also their <laughs> weddings are shorter so like <laughs> with indian weddings it's like three days of waking up at 5 a.m and coming back home at like 1 a.m yeah nobody yeah. being on time yeah. yeah none of the events starting on time yeah. um none of the guests following the rules <laughs> everybody's doing the their way, fucking you know, thing. The thing all of the guests wanting more pictures than the bride and groom yes. oh my god <laughs> what would you say to people who are really kind of struggling to set that um that expectation that no these are my rates and this is how it is first i would say do lots of research look into what other people are doing how much are they charging and then if you do feel that you're starting out and you're a very like very much a beginner, you can lower it a little bit, but know that the rates are this for a reason. Like if if most people are charging three hundred dollars for one hour, there's a reason for that. Also, finding someone that's in the same industry helps a lot. Having a community, just for anything. If you're going through school, find people that are in the same program as you to help you. If you're doing a business, find people with the same mentality so that you can push forward and like accelerate yourself as yeah. much as possible. That yeah, totally makes sense. I do think there's value in doing free work especially early on when you are perfecting your craft and picking up your skills right i'm conflicted because it's tough seeing my close friends and family do that for an extended period of time yes mm. yes right where it's yeah. just like you're good now you know what i mean like you can start you can start charging now right yeah. so was there a tipping point for you like what was that sort of journey where you said yo you know what i deserve charging this much now that's a good question because honestly i totally forgot about the beginning half of my journey as i was going i was like yeah. i was like no you're worried yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the beginning i was doing things for free i was yeah. like yeah because you have to get your portfolio in you have to like have something to show people like uh, i think a prime uh example is one of our close friends like kiran and ishmael like I shot so many moments throughout their journey and they've helped me like push my career forward just by like I was able to uh, give something nice for them while I was able to further myself and like they were there for me through that whole thing. Shout out to them. But <laughs> yeah. And to answer your question, when do you know when you're good? It's when more people just come asking you. Yeah. It's like when people are seeking you out for what you're doing that's when you're like okay i have something to offer this is this is a thing how did it feel when that was happening actually like this is a crazy story i was working at this job for uh, an entire year and it gave me like severe burnout i i feel like the south asian community in general it's like don't quit like if yeah. you have a one-year contract just just power just through. bulldozers through it and yeah. that was that was my whole mentality and I hit a breaking point. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. It's just killing me mentally. And there's all the other aspects of my life are getting broken down. So as I took the step, I was like, I'm handing in my resignation. <laughs> Even though I'm like, I need to stop doing this and then focus on focus that energy on something else. The day I handed that resignation in, I got an email from Uber Eats and they're like, can you shoot for us? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and that's the moment where I was like, I know I made the right decision. That's calling, oh, that's yeah. so great. Right. Yeah. It just it just feels so good. You feel so fulfilled yeah. Yeah. that you're going down the right path for yourself. I just I want to talk about that moment where you gave in that resignation letter right. and those mo and those moments like kind of leading up to that. 
Oh God, it was absolutely nerve wracking. I say I handed in my resignation letter, but that was like months of me just not feeling well, just racking my brain. I didn't talk to anyone about it. So my family is a very atypical, like they're not the typical brown parents i would say sure. like they're they're very different from the rest of the community i feel they're very um open to change and they really try to understand honestly i was putting the pr- more pressure on myself than my parents would get. and i don't know i feel like it's a accumulation of being gro- uh, in a society and a community that pushes for ac- academic excellence and just pushes for ex- excellence in general i was always surrounded by people that were like top top they just doesn't matter if you hate it you gotta exactly, be the best at it exactly right and you know what like the day i handed that in and came home my family had a cake with candles on it oh, that oh is my amazing. god cut it for me and i just i'm like getting emotional but that I, just, is so sweet. I just cried i just that? cried yeah. that is amazing because i was so afraid of rejection i was so afraid of like other people rejecting me for doing this and it was it was just such a moment of relief. I realized at the end that it was just not that big of like life is so big, it's so long and it was just a small moment. It's like a that, little blip in your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I've had so many blips in my life. Like <laughs> I took seven years to complete engineering. Yeah. I've like, tangents. Oh, so wow. many tangents. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have so much kind of admiration for parents who are able to you know, who, who've had to adopt a certain mindset to get to where they are. And then they come here and then it's just the cultural change. Like everything's a brand new environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. For them to shift and evolve is is huge. huge. It's such a struggle in itself to just come here and then get settled and then make sure that your family is safe and then you're able to put food on the table. And now on top of that, you're now having to deal with like, you know, your kids living as third culture kids and then now having aspirations that are so different and unlike what you had thought and then evolving around that is so like, it's a lot. And your kids are dealing with completely different challenges that you didn't even have the 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 space in your mind to think about mm-hmm. yeah right they didn't dude they're trying to put food on the fucking table they're not yeah. thinking about mental health and depression how did your parents go through that change and how were they able to evolve and kind of adapt to the new environment i think i would have to thank sports for really um helping my parents understand that for south asian girls especially i feel like putting them in sports was not a thing. Especially when we were growing up. Like, I didn't know any other Tamil parents that put their kids in sports. So through badminton, when we went to tournaments, we would go with guys and girls and we'd all stay at a hotel room. It was all, like, supervised and stuff. But my coach at the time, she would, uh, like, let my parents come help and volunteer with all these things. So they would come volunteer at these tournaments, volunteer uh, helping kids, like, stay at these hotels. And then they started to understand. The more time they spent with uh, us and our friends, they were like, oh, this is it. Like, this is how kids are here. The more time they got to see, I saw them change a lot through that, through that experience. That's amazing. No, shout out, yeah. to, shout out to Mama and Papa Ganesh. I think they did a great job. I'm sure there were lots of moments growing up where my parents were like, Yo, we're packing up our fucking bags yeah, yeah. and going back. You know, what are we doing here? Yeah. Do you have certain stories? Oh my gosh. Me and my dad, we fought all the time. We were never <laughs> on the same page. Really? Never, never, never. <laughs> I mean, I love him to death. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. it was such a, I think all throughout high school, um, I struggled to 
connect with him because he would be like study 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 mm. yeah. the only question he would ask me when he comes home was have you studied <laughs> right and classic like he didn't even ask me if i ate or if i <laughs> no <laughs> like, yeah 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 like, when we were driving if we had to drive he's gonna be like how's your studies going <laughs> that's every brown dad yeah. that i know yeah it's the only way they can relate to a yeah. child yeah and then it's like okay what are you doing next oh how's your universe where's your right. university what are you doing that's and it like we would just fight all the time because of that i think it took me until like halfway through university to yeah. be like this is all I'm going to get until I'm done school. Like, that's what's important to him. Yeah. So that's what he's going to ask me. You know the other question I hate? Mm-hmm. When, when uncles ask, like, right. what do you do, you know? Because it reduces your identity to a job, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, when it should yeah. be the other way around. A job should be one aspect of your ever-evolving identity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so like you doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Mm. I don't even know how you go about answering that question. Like, <laughs> I say I'm a software engineer and they don't ask me any more questions. That's, that's your, or, like, that's your or they like or they ask me questions about software and I'm like, Uncle, I don't do that part of software. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, just to circle back to your dad, how did it change and become what it is now? Um, I think when I started understanding, like, okay, he just needs answers to these questions and he'll be okay. Like, right. I just need to tell him a couple of things about my day, and he'll like that will fulfill him, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I always remember my parents saying, Yeah, I mean, like, you kids would have way more freedom if we were back in India. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna be super strict and super uptight and super put you in a box because. You know, it's, mm. again, it's it's a safety thing, right? Like, it's, yeah. we've taken so much risk to come, yeah. just leave everything behind and come here. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing breakdancing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. And coming from a woman's perspective, especially after yes. seeing what you see there. So yeah, our yeah, family yeah. hosts a lot of uh, students that come from India. Right. And um, I just we just get to hear their stories and stuff uh, from back home. And we always ask them. Like, would you go back or do you want to stay here? And 90% of the guys would always be like, I want to go back because that's where their friends mm. are. That's where their family. They have a huge like network. Uh, network. Yeah. They have their like squad out there. Right, right, right. Right. And for the girls, it's like they've been at home all the time. Yeah. Just because their parents are too afraid to let them out with good right. reasons. Right. Yes. And when I tell the guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this stuff happens. They're like, it does. They're like, oh, it must happen like once in a while. And you're no. like, no, <laughs> you go into the mall. Everyone is looking at you. Yeah. Like yeah. you see the eyes follow you. Literally. Just like waiting for an opportunity to cop a feel. Is yeah. What it is. yeah. You can't go on a bus one day without being touched. I, I was going to say, because how interesting that is, because your parents are saying that if you were in India, they wouldn't confine you as much. Whereas my parents had said that if you were in India, you'd be in a box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So your, your parents felt the opposite. They felt like, hey, you know, the girls can have more freedom and, and explore more in Canada versus India. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, at the beginning, they were scared. <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, but the more they saw, like, okay, this is how it works here. That's interesting. These are the people. They got more comfortable, and they're like, okay, it is a safer space than where we were. One of the mo- things I find most impressive about you is, um, I think, how conscious you are about speaking your language and retaining it. Why is like retaining language and culture so important to you? 
I think when people hear the language that they're used to, they automatically become a lot more comfortable. For sure. I noticed that especially with like aunties and uncles. Like once you start speaking Tamil, they automatically mm. enter a different sort of comfort zone. They can express themselves and they yeah. can be themselves. Right. And just being able to communicate with people in that space yeah. is so nice because then they can say whatever they want. They're True. like, you get me on a different level. Like, right. going back to, like just trying to understand people, um, even though my Tamil sucks. I mean, it's all right. It's, it's pretty, all right. It's pretty damn good. Is it? Is it? No, it's <laughs> pretty good. It got, it got better these days because of those students. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. When you speak English, English with your either parents or uncles and aunties yeah. do you put on an accent oh my gosh i feel like i definitely do <gasps> really i definitely do i That's do all so the time and i get <laughs> all the time i should this is what blew my mind you ready for this <laughs> yeah when i met her parents yeah i thought it was the polite thing to do <laughs> well because sorry well no <laughs> because to your point i'm like i thought they'll understand me more right yeah. like, yes. but it was, it was so subconscious like yeah. i just yeah. I, I switch yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's just like when i'm talking to one of the uncles and i just i just switch right i'm not i'm not consciously doing yeah, yeah. it you know what right. i mean and the so, intention is good yes yes I, I will never forget i think one of her parents or someone was just like why do you do that <laughs> And I think, do they think that it was too <laughs> stupid for him to ask? I was mocking yeah. them. That. And I'm like, no, no, I genuinely thought it was a way of bonding with them because it's like <laughs> yeah. my, my parents have that accent, so I speak to them the same way they right, speak right. to me. So it's funny. And sometimes like, they only understand you if you're talking like that. I'm like, mom, get that red scarf from upstairs. She's like, huh? And I'm like, get that red scarf from upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So that I'm not amazing. so glad. Like, I thought I was crazy. Now, I thought you were crazy too. <laughs> and now I have to be like, super because it just kicks in yeah yeah and then i'll be like oh yeah but that's right uncle what you gotta do is this and I'm do like, that, no, but like, that's how i normally talk right and now and now i feel fake because i'm putting on this like proper english accent and it's like i'm trying to overcorrect. And I feel like a fucking fraud now. All oh, so sad. is like, Sibby's brain when he's talking to a person is like... Ugh. I'm going crazy. I'm like, it's a scale. There's like the Indian oh accent. God. And I'm constantly trying to get to that. Like, That's so funny. That's so funny. Is there anything that you're reading right now that, you know, um, you'd recommend? Right now, actually, I am reading a book called The Confidence Code. Ooh. Ooh so it's about? all about trying to find if there's a gene that makes certain people confident and certain people not. So I started electrical engineering. It's a male-dominated field. Yeah. And I was the only girl in one of my classes. Like, that's how male-dominated it is. Playing sports and um, being in engineering, you aren't surrounded by women a lot. Right. So at one point, I found this uh, club, Techno Gap, another plug, but <laughs> they were, it's a woman, uh, a woman in tech club at Carleton. And once I got there, I was like, people think like me here because women face very different obstacles i think right. than men like i feel like naturally women have a subdued confidence right we were, we're always made to are taught to be small in the yeah. room and yeah. not take up a lot of space and i thought i was being weird because all the guys around me were like oh yeah like i got this bro right <laughs> yeah. and i was just surrounded by that all the time so i was like oh i guess i just gotta just do it a lot of the women there were talking about imposter syndrome and yes. things like that. I'm like, I feel this too. Why is no one talking about it? Yeah. And so I found this book called The Confidence Code. And she specifically talks about, uh, there was a segment on like WNBA players versus NBA players yep. and how their pregame self-talk goes. 
like men are like i got this like and then women their self-talk is totally different it was just so eye-opening to see to actually have tangible evidence that yeah. there is a difference and for sure and to not feel crazy that and yeah. not to feel alone yeah yeah when you found your community like these other women mm-hmm. what was the most surprising thing about that discovering people that were where i wanted to be that looked like me or that were like me it was hard for me to see especially in software development i think uh initially uh i would just see guys doing software development and then it became like a guy thing like they have their thing you know <laughs> i don't know how to describe it they have their thing it was never explicit but but i felt like that internally and then once i found this community i was like there's people like me up there too <laughs> so i felt more comfortable and i felt more uh open to learn and to share and to fail i really felt a lot more okay to fail and that's so important is that sometimes uh, you know coming back to our culture especially because it's such a fear about failure mm-hmm. that we don't set our kids up to allow for that and then because of that you know there's all these you know you get burnt out you're in you're doing things that you don't enjoy mm-hmm. and people aren't happy yeah. and it's a choice to decide for yourself you know what i'm not happy i'm feeling distressed i'm not well mm-hmm. that like you know it's a next level kind of courage and bravery especially for our community i think which is why you know this is so important that we're talking about this stuff here with you because you did that and that's huge exactly and i feel like the moment you do feel like there's no one you can relate to you just got to keep moving like you got to find that squad like know that there are people that are going through the same thing that you are that there are people that that can relate to you right. and just go I'll go out and find them what what is your viewpoint on on failure and how has that kind of evolved over time i don't take failure very well <laughs> at all i remember on the last podcast you were uh talking about like those three pieces of paper on your wall that said you ain't shit you ain't shit that yeah. that was in my brain all the time yeah. i can accept failure for other people i cannot accept it for myself like it took me so long to work through that and be like okay it's okay like if something goes wrong you have to think about okay what can i do now like at this moment what can i do in order for people to take this these kind of risks you know make mistakes be okay with failure like i find there's all these things that need to be uh playing kind of in the background of the foreground factors of resilience and like one of the things that you talked about was your family right that that immense amount of support the um the fact that you had a safety network to catch you if in case something yeah. you know didn't work out right yeah. that's huge are there other things that you know about your life that you realize now that oh you know it's because of this that allowed me to get me to where i am can i add to that yeah. just for context i think i think it's amazing that you had obviously a supportive family that brought you cake when you resigned yeah. a job um a lot of a lot of folks in our community don't have that mm-hmm. i think that's where your question kind of leads to about you know resiliency is one thing but like how do you you know how, how do you develop that right like for, right. for for everybody who doesn't have that support how do they change that viewpoint on failure How you start is realizing that I want to change. Like I want to do something about it. And once you come to that point, then just reaching out doesn't necessarily have to be your parents, it could be a teacher, uh it could be a friend. It could be like it could be literally anyone. I went to counselors and you may have to go to like five different counselors, but you will always find someone that clicks with you and that will tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. Seeking help is 
it's huge. I, and I think it's not talked about a lot in our community, especially. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind closed closed doors. Stigma and shame yeah. and like all that kind of hushedness about, you know, the fact that, well, we don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about like the fact that, you know, we're not actually doing well because the the facade, the mirage of it is so much more exciting. And that's what we want for people to see, the performativeness of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. You see like this cousin's cousin that's, that's a doctor that's getting straight A's. You don't know where you stand in that and you don't realize like what else they're going through because no one talks about it, especially for younger kids kids around me i feel like it's really important to be open with that kind of stuff because when they hear other people talking about they're like oh like i feel a weird way and it kind of sounds exactly like this so then you can reach out and then you can talk i think we need to do a way better job of of surfacing the stories of the the journey man the grind that here's all the fucking shit that didn't work like i'm so much more interested in all the places where you know you had a speed bump where you had a roadblock because yeah. that's real because yeah. that'll teach people or teach more other people how to do it how to overcome it right yeah i want to talk a little bit about like the power of mentorship mm-hmm. um yeah, what is what is it to you you know why why is mentorship so important to you it's like standing on the shoulders of giants mm. right there are people that are doing what you want to do and being able to learn from them is just, it's so much nicer to learn from someone than try and do everything on your own. You need someone that's on your side and that's going to push you to be your best. And sometimes you can't see your best. Right. So you need someone that can see that for you in the times when you can't. Right. Yeah. I think that's the magic of mentorship. What's, What's one thing you want to be remembered for? just being there for someone it doesn't oh, have yeah. to be like everyone it doesn't have to be a lot of people right. if if i can be there for one person right in the time that they need me to be there mm. yeah then that's like that's enough for me yeah. i love that yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's awesome, yeah. yeah. And i think the reason i feel that way is because there were people for me like that like total strangers when i was going through like the worst time in my life crying in bathroom stalls mm. i was crying in a bathroom stall and then someone just knocked on it and was like are you okay mm. do you need a hug Aww. and they just i don't know who they are i don't know their name you, i don't you, know anything you about remember them that. yeah and that just made me feel immensely better yeah yeah and it just it just helped me move forward and yeah it was just that one time but yeah, yeah. you know if you had a gigantic billboard yeah and you could put absolutely anything you on it anything yeah. you want on it what would you say and why Go at your own pace and be yourself. I saw this quote the other day that was like, at the end of the game, the pawn and the king go back into the same box. Mm. At the end of the day, That's you're running one. your own race. So just be yourself and do it at your own pace because no one else is going anywhere. At the end of the day, we're all going to the same place. So take your time. That's right. Um, one of my favorites is um, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and it, it's it's why I like it so much is because, you know, it helps me focus on the fact that this is just a game with myself in the sense that I'm only trying to better myself here. I'm only in competition with myself. And so long as I am changing and progressing and growing in the ways that I'm happy and brings me peace and happiness, that's all that matters. So forget perfection, forget trying to form um, around some kind of ideal of what people want you to be Mm -hmm. and just be what you want to be. Exactly. I'm going to bring up a past Sibi 
Yeah, I don't know. Let's go back to past. Okay, I'm kidding. Okay, just from like an outside perspective, you know what I mean? Like I've seen you from the outside. I've seen you like transition from different phases of your life, right? Yeah. So honestly, like before, I would have never thought that we would have be like sitting down and having this kind of conversation. You know what I mean? Because like, uh. It, it was very like your interactions then and now are very very different and very it's very conscious now i feel like right. oh, i love that actually thinking about like yeah. bringing together your family i see you thinking about all those yeah. things so it's just interesting because yeah. like different phase of your life you feel yeah. different things and realize different things yeah, so just that growth is like right? yeah. very interesting <laughs> i think i gotta give a lot of like credit to sharon oh. yeah i definitely think oh. you had a huge influence on oh that oh my god <laughs> i'm I gonna take too, all yeah. the credit for that i mean obviously people have to be willing to change too right like it's all self-growth as well but like that's thank you yeah yes. <laughs> see this is okay i wanted to talk about this mm. you suck at receiving compliments <laughs> and so Who do doesn't? and so do i <laughs> How are you with compliments? I'm really bad. <laughs> what is, what that, is about? that about? I don't like, know. Why are we so bad with taking compliments? I just compliments? don't know what to say. I think it circles back to kind of like knowing your value. I don't think we're taught that. Yeah. I think we're just like, I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like, like the only thing I know is I ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when you when I when I get these glimpses of like yo maybe I am the shit. Yeah. It's like I don't know what to do. I physically yeah. don't know what right. to do with or that. Or maybe yeah. no, I'm not all shit is what it is. <laughs> so like, <laughs> we need to rephrase. No, we should put it up there and scratch it up. Right? <laughs> you need a visual cue. <laughs> yeah. There's some parts of you that's all right. Parts are salvageable here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, I appreciate you observing and noticing <laughs> that one thing i'm trying to really do is um not prioritize like a return on every investment you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm trying to prioritize right. happiness instead right. right it's really the depth and the meaningful relationships that you have um and historically I, I i haven't been great at that you know what i mean so i think for me even even just this having this this special place to really get to know people in a meaningful and an in-depth way um makes me so happy Arthi, i i mean i've i've personally known you for a long time and i'm just yeah i'm just extremely proud of your growth uh and all the cool things you're doing and i'm just really excited for what the future has in store for you um speaking of the future what what do you have planned next what you got in store good question so my life goal yeah. is to travel the world yeah. yes yeah and just <laughs> capture as many people and cultures as i can oh, yeah. that's I love what that. i love so yeah yeah that's the that's the end goal cool man <laughs> nice where can people find more about you uh my photography page artiganesh.photography do you have a website uh yes arti.ca that's a little bit easier oh nice yeah that's a good one yeah you got arti.ca <laughs> yeah how'd you get that <laughs> i guess no one with my name wanted a website <laughs> did you was it did you have to pay a lot for it or uh, no my, so my mom works at rebel.com so that's a domain registry okay. company yeah well shout out mom shout yes. out what's his name eugene eugene, eugene. yes eugene. shout out shout out ismail <laughs> yeah. shout techno out techno gap, gap. um <laughs> it's cool man i think i mean obviously a lot of people have played a role in your in your life and and mm-hmm. i think i love that you're giving back and you're doing the same for others yes Thanks. thank you for your time Thanks we appreciate for having you me. i love spending time with you guys <laughs>